the thing is like when I watch something like the West Wing, I'm not just watching it. I'm doing something else. And I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't have an well, Emmy like, right now to watch a. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to, but like, that's, that's why I threw on new girl. Cause I knew new girl was one that I could just sort of toss on and like, not really care. You know, like it's a, it's a fun little sitcom, but it's not like mm-hmm. there's nothing that like, I really need to be sitting there and watching this sitcom. Um, so, uh, I didn't really like, you know, I was like, I would toss it on. And then, and then I started getting into it, but I was still like, you know, it's, it's not a show like, um, like breaking bad or, or something like that, where like, like I, I, if I threw on breaking bad, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel right just sitting there and doing something else. Um, but like, you know, new girl or, or, uh, something I've already seen like Gilmore girls or, or the West wing, I feel fine just tossing it on and doing other things. Oh, no. that's, that's, I've, I've, that's, that's, that's what I did like first time through shows. Like the first time I was watching through breaking bad when it just hit Netflix, like back in, um, 2012. Yeah. No, like it's the same. It's actually the same thing with West wing as I was like, I, I, I think it depends. It depends on the show. Like, like I think I couldn't do that with breaking bad but I could do it with a show like new girl or, or even Zoe's extraordinary playlist, which I really like. Uh, but I, like I didn't do it. Like I, I don't want to do that with Barry. I want to pay attention to a show like Barry because oh, the yeah. performance Barry, Barry so is good. a like, show. I didn't, I actually, right. That's also you know, because like, it's, it's not full hour. Ep- is it full hour episodes? It's 30. They're 30s. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's one of those things of like, like, Certain shows I don't mind even the first time through, depending it just depends on the tone of the show. Um, where like, you know, it's it's generally network sitcom type shows that I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's uh, these are kind of designed for me to not have to like pay pay close and close attention. But uh but with uh you know with like more dramatic stuff or 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 higher production value or higher quality stuff i really want to sit there and and pay attention to it but then i like my add makes me want to be doing other things too so then i just end up being like okay well instead of watching barry and paying attention to it i'll just watch the west wing and not pay attention to it and that's fine (laughs) that's a funny way to phrase that um no oh yeah when i when i watched the west wing first time i was i was doing something else Breaking Bad, same. I think I probably watched like the last two episodes of Breaking Bad, like outright. But yeah. that was it. Um, and then, I mean, when the show's good enough, it actually makes me want to stop and actually pay attention. Um, which, which I'm sure, like, if I was, if I had did go back and finish Breaking Bad, it would do that. It would be like, oh no, pay attention to me, um, instead of you know doing other stuff. But I just never like. I always want think I want to be in the mood to do this, and then I just never find the mood to do this like yesterday i I turned on moneyball and i was doing other things while watching moneyball because i've seen moneyball half a dozen times like it's not like i need to pay attention to the moments of moneyball but then so good though but then there's good moments well i was talking to to uh joe about this and uh about the social network actually and he was saying the social network is a movie that he just throws on his background noise a lot of the time and i was like yeah i mean like that makes sense because you know the movie well enough so when you want to stop and pay attention to a scene, you can do that anytime because every scene is excellent and every moment is really, really good. But then you can like, you know, it well enough that you don't really need to pay attention if you don't want to, because you know it so well. Um, so the last time I watched the social network, which was one of the most, one of the films I actually watched recently, you know, relatively speaking, um, I felt like it was shorter. 
just felt like I knew it so well that it was just like just breeze through it. You know, I, th- I kind of agree with that with like Moneyball. Moneyball, like I, you know, I know it's a two-hour movie, but I, it, it, like, I turned it on at one o'clock. It ended at three o'clock, and I was like, that seemed a lot shorter than two hours. Maybe it is because I know it so well. Social Network's also exactly one hundred and twenty minutes long. That's a pretty, t- it's pretty tight, you know, like a timing tight movie. Yeah, it feels oh, yeah. like it. Um, well, then I think I think the, there's a reason it's, it's Sorkin's best movie, and it's because of Fincher, right? Like. It's it's one of those things of, of Sorkin is the kind of writer that like he owns the the writing, mm-hmm. but Fincher is the kind of director that he kind of owns the right. writing. So you he, they can sort of butt heads, and Fincher can sort of come out and be like, no, let's let's do this, uh, and and win with Sorkin. Whereas like you know, uh, I don't know. I don't I, know. Still I, still with that, like I feel like when uh, the last time I ran through that screenplay, which would have been like. February, I feel like I yeah. there's I feel like I probably w- was was messaging you when I was reading through it. I think so. I think I think I also read through it around around that time. I think Joe Joe probably sent it to both of us. Let's be real. It um, seems like well, it just you know the, the the thing we've talked about before is just the the most significant differences. At least in my opinion, is the soundtrack it's because yeah. Aaron, Aaron Sorkin had a specific ideas for what music to play. Right, social network, comma the the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's um, uh I put well, it in he, S. I put it in the under S. <laughs> this is this is now an inside joke that wasn't said on the podcast. <laughs> um <laughs> we had a uh uh for for listeners, if this makes it into the show, uh we had a discussion uh recently about where you would order the social network soundtrack, whether it would be under T or S, because it's a proper noun. The the is a proper noun. I see where you're coming from with the the I is just, a proper here's, noun. Here's I wanted to put Saint Elsewhere as my S, and I also want to talk about social network in this in this hypothetical. So Oh right, I, right. Yeah. It was it was in the it was in the um the hypothetical new podcast that a friend of the show, Alex Payette, and I may or may not ever be doing in the future. Um, but follow at ABC Albums on Twitter and uh, you know, who knows, maybe we'll do it. Um you should but, uh, you should it's a great idea but that made me be like well one of my a to z favorite albums and i'm like well saint elsewhere is really good um and the Narls barkley saint elsewhere but then i'm like oh but the social network's also really good and so i was just trying to justify putting the social network as t so i could keep the saint elsewhere i uh I, I i also think it's a good idea but like i got i feel like i got a lot on my plate and i'm always running out of time And welcome to this episode of Motion City Podcast. I'm Naim Siddiqui. Joining me, as always, Jacob Walden. How's it going, Jake? I'm not running out of time. I have <laughs> I have abundant time. Time is all I have. Uh, you know, I always feel like I have so much time, and then like the day ends, and I'm like, oh, I I did nothing. Oh, I have it. <laughs> I waste it, but I do have it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so uh, we are talking about the song Always Running Out of Time from the Almost Alice soundtrack, Almost Alice parentheses, music inspired by the motion picture, although it's it's music inspired by the motion picture Alice in Wonderland, which is itself 
an adaptation of the book <laughs> Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. So it's music inspired by the movie, loosely based on the book Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. <laughs> um, Always Running Out of Time is the 14th track on the album uh, by Motion City Soundtrack, obviously. Uh, I picked this song uh, this week. No particular reason. I just, I like this song. It's a, yeah, it's a song that I like. I actually think it was going to be like episode th- three or four. Uh, and then like, it just didn't end up happening. I think it was something else. And then uh, we just sort of came back around and I was like, oh, we haven't done this. We should come back and do this. <laughs> um, so uh, now here we are in episode 29 and we're finally doing all running out of time. Uh Jake, did you ever hear this song like before? I don't know. This this is a song that like never doesn't come up, right? Like especially if you listen to albums mostly like I do, it never comes up uh unless you're actually actively seeking it out like with A Thousand Paper Cranes a few weeks ago. Um so did you have a lot of experience with the song before listening I, to I, it? I for the show? have no idea how I would have heard it. It's 2010. Yeah. At that time I was like listening purely to I was not listening to this sort of music except like why a Pandora station, but the funny is I like so I was listening to this sort of music around then. <clears throat> I got into Motion City like right around this time, uh maybe a year or so later. Um, but it was not on a record, it's not on an album. So it's just like it, it it just sort of got hidden away for me. Like I just never n- sort of knew about it until later. Um but like this so this album is uh I saw uh a review like a, a later review that said it's an emo masterpiece or something like that um because like it's got so it's got avril lavigne um who was still fairly pop punky at the time uh she's a little more pop i think now uh all american rejects uh mm-hmm. owl city a little poppier but uh shine down all time low metro station mark hoppus and pete wentz plain white tees franz ferdinand motion city like it's absolutely like pop punk power pop emo type stuff um but then a little like a little softened like a little bit of a softer edge because it you know it is it's a disney soundtrack right uh <laughs> you know so it's uh it's got a little bit of a soft edge uh in fact uh on the wikipedia it says william ruleman of all music said that it was um yeah <laughs> uh more appealing for children with nearly all the songs being schoolyard chants um for the most part i thought you were gonna say say the review that that like said it was optimal for radio disney rotation yeah that was he was specifically talking about the avril lavigne song but um which is called alice and was actually in the movie but yes i'm sure the rest of it pretty much similarly would would be well suited for radio disney uh did you did you listen to the whole album i did i didn't so why don't you talk a little bit about the album (laughs) Uh, well, it was, it was earlier today, and I'm like, you know what? I, well, I was looking through the list, and I'm like, All America Rejects? Hey, Al City. Al City is just, it's like sugar. It's not even, it just feels like, he's okay. Um, but All America Rejects. Uh, yo, but that, 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 uh, that Al City Carly Rae, though. Yeah, well, that's Carly Rae Jepsen. That's, <laughs> you know. Um, She's the best. Yeah. Mark Hoppus, Franz Ferdinand, and also they might be giants, which was one of the one of the ones I looked at. They're really interesting. Um, oh right, uh, yeah, on the on the bonus version, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was in the on the Google Play. Yeah, version. usually Google Google Play a lot of times has has the deluxe edition. So yeah. Also, Wolf Mother. 
which just I've never uh, heard of Wolf I, name, I actually uh I, I, when I was reading on, on the Wikipedia article um it mentions how the Franz Ferdinand and they might be giant songs are actually taken like straight out of Lewis Carroll Lobster yeah. Quadrille and you are old father William and I just felt yeah Franz Ferdinand and they might be giants would be the ones to just sing yep. Lewis Carroll <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah they would yeah they would that that yes they would <laughs> I I really like it though the, the those were what stuck out to me um the Marcoppa song I thought was I thought the instrumentation was good but I honestly when I'm listening to the 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 singing not bad I just just had that felt to me like kind of alt rock generica um that was just the singing on that song though but for for lobster quadrille if i'm pronouncing that right and your old father william um yeah I, those are the songs i i liked the most um when when they might be giants like when i when one of their songs resonates with me like i really really like it so i don't know if i'd say i liked always around out of time is is still really good and it's yeah. and it's good in in like listening through these other songs. I like the the All American Rejects, the Poison song. Um, again, the Technicolor phase was just it's it's Owl City. It's like it's like syrup. It's right. just so so sweet. Um, <laughs> for for maybe like a different word. And so and a handful of these songs actually made it onto records. So like Always Running Out of Time never made it onto a Motion City uh, album, but. Um, the Technicolor phase made it onto Al City's uh, album Maybe I'm Dreaming. Uh, Welcome to Mystery made it on the Plain White Tees album Wonders of the Younger. Uh, I think, actually, now that I'm looking at it, no, I don't know who owns Hollywood Records. Uh, no, yeah, it looks like the 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 people who were on Disney had like got the albums got the song on their album and also Al City. I don't I don't know how Al City <laughs> got on like Al City self-released that record. Um but otherwise it's like uh where is it? Plain White Tees was on Hollywood uh records which is owned by Disney. Uh Curly was on Buena Vista which is Disney. Franz Ferdinand on oh, no, my Lobster Quadrille was separate but uh and then Avril Lavigne's was a uh, single on Buena Vista which is Disney. And Motion City at this time was um under uh Columbia Sony uh cuz this was this was the era of my dinosaur life. Um so that might be why it's never been on one of their records is because Disney owns this song and they'd have to, you know, talk to Disney and and get the rights to it. Um but how on the other hand no yeah on the other hand the, the the worst part which was on the sound of superman soundtrack was um was on different various deluxe editions of um even if it kills me and that would be owned by warner brothers so i don't know maybe different relationships maybe maybe, maybe also different interest in the song yeah from potentially the that's that's true um and it maybe it might have also only been like in japan or something like that where there's yeah. different rights and stuff so uh who knows um but this is so yeah so uh this song is uh one of three that they recorded for movies maybe more we don't know uh <laughs> but uh one of three that they recorded and were released for movies uh including sound of superman which was on which was uh for superman returns which also had by the way played my tease on it uh as well as the academy is um paramore american hi-fi it's another like very pop rock pop punk type album and then uh crooked ways which just came out this year but was recorded in 2010 for twilight um 
So I think that's part of the reason too that I that I thought about this song is because I was like, well, it's sort of the same era as Crooked Ways, and I want to wait some more time before we talk yeah. about Crooked Ways. Um, so uh, so it gives us a nice sort of um, you know uh, pre thought. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It gives us time uh, to marinate. Yeah, exactly. It gives us gives a little time a little time to marinate, but then also gives us time to talk about something uh, in a similar vein. Um, so. One thing I guess I'll bring up straight away is uh, they did that Seventeen interview uh, for Seventeen magazine, uh, and this song was uh, written and recorded in two days in, like, the middle of a tour, and they were just, like, in, I think, New York, uh, and it was just like, yep, we're just going to go ahead and record this song. I th- they didn't even have their instruments. <laughs> like, yeah, They didn't right? have their own equipment, <laughs> which is weird. Maybe it wasn't in the middle of a tour, because it would be weird to not have their instruments if they're on tour. Um, but yeah, they didn't have their own instruments. They just sort of like recorded this song and they were like, cool. All right. I guess we're done. Peace out. It's just, it's, this is, I think, did you and I just privately have this conversation with Crooked Ways, which is this, just this idea of them going into a studio for two days and just be like, okay, make, made this song with two days of work. Yeah. I, I think we, we, I, I was thinking it's possible that it was, it was recorded must have been like around the same time because we know it was around 2010. So it's possible it was the same thing. But uh, the Twilight, would have been Lionsgate, not um, or is it Lionsgate? It's a different, it's a different distribution company. Um, so it it would be weird for it to be uh, like for it to have been sort of in the same session. But it's possible that it was like in a similar session. I don't know. It is Lionsgate, by the way. Um, well, um, since this was my dinosaur life, would it have had something to do with with the record label, with with them being on uh, Columbia? Uh, I don't know. Usually it says like, you know, Motion City soundtrack appears courtesy of Columbia Records or Epitaph Records uh, on Sound of Superman. Um, so I'm not positive what what it would be, but I, I would think because we, we don't have like a full accounting of, of, you know, where they recorded, where they recorded, whatever. But I would assume based on the fact they were using random instruments that weren't theirs, uh, that it was just like stuff lying around whatever Disney studio they went to that day. Um, and like, that's what it was. They went to this Disney studio and they recorded the, with the, with whatever was there at that Disney studio. And that's how, that's how this song was made. That's just a, that's just a guess though. Well, that, that when I, when I heard that in the video, it, it immediately made sense to me. Why, uh, why the, why the synth wasn't present. Uh, it was a little bit, wasn't it? Isn't that do 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 do? I think I've listened to like a dozen times today, and the only the only instrument on there that I wondered if it wasn't actually an instrument playing was was like that that like bass line, which kind of sounds like it could be a keyboard. But I didn't I didn't pick anything up that was, you know, over many lists of that 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 stuck that sticks out like the moog sticks out. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think what I'm hearing is, or I'm, I'm I think it's just guitar that I had turned into synth in my head. And honestly, probably would have preferred it to be synth, but it's possible there was just no Moog synth there or whatever, and they didn't want to do it. Or maybe they just wrote it the way they wrote it, and they liked it. I don't know. Um, it's but, um, uh, in, in the video, uh, Josh mentions that it felt different than anything they'd done before. And that that also really stuck out to me, because yeah, this this song feels like it could have come right off of Go. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, because because it is it is post my dinosaur life, but pre go. 
Um, but yeah, I could totally buy this like being more of a, a go feeling song and, you know, coming out of this and feeling like, hey, I like this. Let's 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 do a little bit more of this, um, which also like, you know, not to not to take it all the way to Crooked Ways, but it kind of feels a little bit like that with Crooked Ways, too, um, which also would have been recorded around that time. Yeah. And also felt like it, you know, was the I don't want to say indie vibe. Um go vibe yeah yeah um i'm looking real quick too on the on the back of the almost alice thing it's it appears like executive producer and anr are on here brian maloof danny markman and executive produced by walt disney Studios by mitchell lieb um i don't know if anybody like i, I can't really tell who engineered and, and mastered this well i think the mastered is on discogs actually um but i was, I was trying to find to see if it says like there you go. Mastered by Stephen Markison. Um, yeah, there's like some special thanks, but I'm not seeing it says like Motion City soundtrack appears courtesy of whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's somewhere on the thing. I just, I don't own this uh, CD myself. Maybe I'll buy it off Discogs live on the show again. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say do it. Uh, all right, let's talk about the song then. Let's just talk about the song itself. Um, this is a good song. All right, next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. No. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, especially for a song that was uh, written and recorded in in two days. Like, exactly two days. It's insane. That's insane. Uh, there's 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 like a decent amount going on uh, in the song. I mean, the, the bridge. I don't know. I, so I, I know, we all know Alice in Wonderland, right? Like nobody doesn't know Alice in Wonderland. Um, but I, you said you've, there was only one reference to the, to the well, book I in mean, this. Well, I mean, in the broad sense, always like, running out of time is, is kind of a connotation of, of the rabbit. Like that's, that's inescapable. And so far as, you know, like even a song that could have had nothing really to do with the rabbit that mentioned clocks and time could. Yeah. But otherwise, were you just talking about like wasted weathers or the witch got steeper? Uh, the, the white red state head at the end. Um, with all of me oh, white yeah, and all yeah. of her red, I should have. With stayed, all of me white, all of her red, I should have stayed, but I lost my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny too because like they, they kind of called it a love song in that seventeen video. Um, I get that. Like they did, they did. All, I think they, they, I think they even said it's a love song, or at least it all but say it's a love song. Yeah, which is interesting because like you know, it's not really like a, a love story in Alice in Wonderland. Um. Although right, I don't that's, know, that's, have... that's also the, also the same thing I'm thinking about, which is that this this is like a song that happens to be on this album. That some some of the songs, like 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 the Poison song by All American Rejects, has has much more explicit uh, like references to right. Although the references are the same in in Poison, like it's it's also referring to the Queen's Court and you know off well, with their heads. I mean but... that's that's the most uh, the most sort of recognizable Alice in Wonderland reference, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. The rabbit, you know, the, I feel like, I feel there's, like there's a lot a of it. Of... Cheshire Cat. Cheshire Cat, yeah, for sure. There's yeah, a, yeah. Wait, wait, where, what song is a Cheshire Cat reference? That's I don't know. There's an entire Blink-182 album called Cheshire Cat. So what? I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Hoppus song. Cheshire Grin? Is there not? Am I just completely? Doesn't show anything. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
it's also possible because neither of us have seen this version of the movie the uh the tim burton version in particular that there might be a little bit more of some sort of semi-love plot type thing i i i have no idea um, I, I never really cared to watch the the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie. I saw Although, the uh, like like I watched the beginning, so up until she actually falls into Wonderland. I don't remember much. It looked interesting. So the the boring part. <laughs> I that that actually when I was watching it, that seemed more interesting to me. Um, that movie, by the way, made a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Uh, when it came out, it was the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, it's now 43rd because uh, movies make shit tons of money. But uh, when it came out, it was the fifth highest grossing movie of all time, which I cannot believe. Like, I don't know anybody who watched this movie or remembers this movie or has any like desire to talk about this movie. It's very weird to me. Um, <laughs> was the thing? Oh, yeah. So like, they also said that they like basically they did it because Tim Burton directed the movie and they love tim burton and they wanted to be involved with a tim burton movie in any way they possibly could even yeah. though they knew they weren't going to be in the actual movie <laughs> like uh because it's all obviously danny elfman's score and al um avril lavigne's song made it into the credits but that was it nothing else from the uh from the album did but that, that makes sense like if 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 ryan johnson called me or edgar wright called me and said i want you to write a song for my movie i'd say yes <laughs> <laughs> uh ray when someone asks if you're your god you say yes <laughs> uh so yeah i like i wouldn't I, in a heartbeat in a heartbeat i'd be like yeah uh-huh yep where do i sign <laughs> yeah i don't know i uh i i i do like like it's one of those things like all of all of the motion city songs um for for movies you know uh this one the worst part crooked ways they all like work very well outside of the confines of the film which i like like you know if you know that this song is an alice in wonderland song you can catch some alice in wonderland references the worst part similarly like yeah you can catch some catch some superman references um and uh, and crooked ways i assume you can catch some uh twilight references <laughs> neither of us knows the book or movie all that well but people have like you know annotated already, already all over added, the genius page yes, they've filled it yeah, the 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 genius page that uh, that Jake uh, created has been has been filled by uh, by plenty of people, um, but uh, but they're all, they're all individually enjoyable whether you know the song or not, um, which I really like. I like you can you can relate to them. You know, uh, the worst part, for example, and obviously we'll have a full episode on it, but like. The, the chorus is, you used to call my name every hour, every day, how I live to hear that sound, but every sound gets washed away, we wash away, right? Which is like, okay, yes, you used to call my name. Like, like in, the, in the context of the movie Superman Returns, Superman used to be with Lois Lane, is not with Lois Lane anymore, and he could hear her sound every hour of every day because he is Superman, Um and like and he and not only that but also he left earth and then and then comes back like it all tracks with the movie but if you don't know the movie it's just it's just kind of a, a heartbreak song right so similarly with always running out of time it's it's just kind of a a love song with some references to Alice in Wonderland thrown in uh where it's you know i have to know if you'll float away with me the faster i'll go the further away it seems you get like i always running out of time to to I don't know, give you what I need to give you. If that makes sense. Yes. 
<laughs> it's, it's Justin's lyrics, you know. Like you can ask him, and he'll give you the the, the grin and the Cheshire grin. The Cheshire grin. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I no. I I agree. But it's just it's it's I I like that they do that even in this kind of song. You know, like the the kind of song that's written for a motion picture soundtrack by Motion City soundtrack. I do you know? Um, I, do, I, I want to disclaim like. I, I bet this is actually, I bet knowing Justin, I wouldn't be surprised if he's read Lewis Carroll and this oh, is sure. actually really just layered with references. And oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's it. like, there's, yeah, that we just, we just don't know. Like there's like a Wallace and the Carpenter reference in here somewhere that we just don't know. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, the ticking clock, like that's obvious, like the very, very much ticking clock metaphor for the rabbit. Like, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's something with like peeling back the skin of summer. I I don't know. Inside out and I'm without. Uh, I w- I would not be surprised by that if there's just a ton of Lewis Carroll references in here, and uh, and we just don't know any of them. <laughs> I guess I guess like my my thought of it is it's like, uh, it doesn't feel they it doesn't feel like he's added them in a way that's cheesy, right? Like you know the the most to me the most um you know, clear reference being the white red head um lost my head yeah but that doesn't feel and it's probably also how he sings it but it, it's funny because like i keep wanting to go back to the worst part but then i'm like well why don't i just pick the worst part this week if i was gonna keep going back to the worst part <laughs> um but uh but yeah like i don't know similarly like it's one of those things that like you know, I, I well, again so, so would not be surprised. It's a relevant if, reference, or you know, it's, it's relevant yeah. to the song. But like sim- similarly, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin was a big Superman fan. Um, and uh, and you well, know, it seems H. like, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I I would be more surprised if Justin wasn't a big Superman fan. Um, like a like a big comic book reader. Um, and uh, you know, it, there's there's certainly references in there where I'm like, you know, as as a comic book fan. And as a as a fan of that movie, Superman Returns, although kind of hard to watch now because Lex Luthor's Kevin Spacey, but um, I uh, <laughs> and also in the movie, Lex Luthor's played by Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's too, it's I, too, it's uh, too easy. No, you're right because in in real life, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos is Kevin is, is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is Lex Luthor. In real life, Jeff Bezos is Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's anyway. Um, but uh, like you know, you can you can definitely pick that stuff up. So uh, I'm sure similarly here, and similarly in Crooked Ways. I think, like I said to you uh, bef- before, that when we do the Crooked Ways episode, like we should probably have somebody who knows a thing or two about Twilight on the show because I'm sure, like as is evidenced by all of the uh, genius annotations, um, I'm sure that there is is plenty of sort of deep cut, uh, deep cut Twilight stuff in there that we we just would never know um, because we don't we don't know just that book. Just being a big you know? fan of Twilight and knowing the references. Uh, I I would be more surprised if Justin was a big fan of Twilight. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he was a big Superman fan or a big Lewis Carroll fan. I'd be I like I wouldn't be surprised if he watched the Twilight movies or read the Twilight books to to write the song, but uh, I, I would be surprised if he was a big fan of Twilight. This also says produced by Mark Hoppus. Do we know that for sure? That's what it says on the hmm. on the Genius page, but 
on the genius page the genius page says that and i'm seeing that like on some other pages but i'm not seeing an Are initial you looking source at on the full album page I just clicked on the genius page for Crooked Ways and at the top of the page oh, is Crooked, Crooked Ways. Ways. Motion City Soundtrack produced by my Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Sorry. I did not. I, I definitely haven't heard anything like that. Um, I'm seeing like various places produced by Hoppus, but I'm not seeing like anything official that says produced was, by was Hoppus. Like the, was like the inspired... Was Crooked Ways made to possibly be on the soundtrack or was it made on like an inspired by album? For uh, Twilight? I think... <sighs> That's a good question. What did Stephanie Meyer say? I think I found her like it was because she was a fan. I don't even know if she was a fan or just like somebody wrote it. Like they wrote the song. That is and she a, loved no, the song. I was she, she, yeah, that's what I was saying. She, she's, she's a, a fan, fan of the, the song. song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh no, she said the, the, she does this one song by one of my favorite bands, but I don't know. Again, I don't know if they were a, she was a fan of the band or just like existed. Uh, like she became a fan through that song. But uh, what was your question again? <laughs> no, your question was about Mark Hoppus producing. Oh, my, yeah, you uh, asked the question. Was was it was she thinking before a soundtrack or for like an inspired by album? Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Submission CD. It's hard to tell. Submitted for consideration for the soundtrack. Well, who's the but soundtrack? I think the soundtracks were like even the soundtracks were kind of like music from and inspired by you know yeah i missed that trend i was gonna say that earlier i missed i missed the trend of like you know people writing songs for a movie that knowing they're not going to be in the movie just like here's here's a song inspired by this movie that we got to see an early cut of or whatever like um sound of superman and and this and uh avengers had one um that was sort of the the the, the death of the trend was around that around <laughs> yeah, the, the Avengers early tens. Damn. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, just, that's, it's a it's a weird thing. Like it, it to me, it just it's so much screams. Even when it's even when it produces enjoyable music, it's so much screams. Like this is marketing. This is a marketing. No, I mean for sure, I I agree, right? But then, but you also like you get classics from that, like the the Prince song, Party Man, Bat Dance. Actually, I mean, like I, you know, um, not to bring the mood down a little bit, but Black Panther had one. Uh, the the uh, it was a uh, Kendrick I Lamar. Mean, well, yeah, but when you ha- that's, I feel like it's a little bit bit different because it wasn't the entire soundtrack done by Kendrick Lamar. It's like it's uh, like not the uh, not the entire. I mean, it was it was Ken- Kendrick did. S- I thought he scored no, the he- entire thing. Or, or he was, I, I'm, I thought he was, that is, I think, I think, um, he, pro- he, he like produced, he put together the album, but he didn't sing all the songs on it or no, anything like it was, that. No, it was Ludwig who did the, who did the score. Ludwig did the score. Yeah. The, the score was Ludwig Gorenson. I knew that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's, but I, there's, there's, there's a separate soundtrack album of like hip hop songs that like Kendrick's on yeah, it. But I, think a, lot of, on I think it. a lot of those did make the movie though. No, two did. All the stars yeah. is in the credits, and "Pray for Me," uh, which is the weekend, and Kendrick is in the Busan scene. And, well, and, um, and there's no, there's uh, and there's a song when uh, when Michael B. Jordan's character enters the throne room that I think is another one of those. No, that's from the that's a score song. That's, like that, yeah. p- parts parts of the score are used are utilized in the album. I thought, was, I thought um, that song was King's Dead, which is like a. Yeah, I think I think I think that no, part of the story three, is, is King's Dead was played in that scene, and that is that's by J Rock. Um, I don't think it's in the movie. 
I thought it was when he like, entered when when they I, do the I, cool. I, no 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 because 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 when he when he enters the throne room that's that is Ludwig that is because that, that's also used earlier in the movie when he um when they do the robbery of the of of the art museum or whatever then they steal the 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 vibranium stuff like that do 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 like that's that's just Killmonger's um light light motif that's 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 Killmonger's theme um I I believe. Like I said, that elements of the score are used in songs on the album, but like I think elements of that song of of the Ludwig score are used in King's Dead, but it's that not so fucking sick. The 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 turning camera as he's in oh, the yeah, yeah 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 that's it's, it's that's a sick shot yeah yeah uh, it's a good movie uh, rest in power um god damn so uh. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, my my point was like that. I I miss the uh, the trend of of these of like soundtrack albums. You know, like like I I pulled up Eight Mile had one too, right? But like Eight Mile, like okay, well Eight Mile's soundtrack album is gonna be Dude, the Spider-Man's Spider Spider Friends. But but all that all that music was in the movie. But it was so fucking good. Was all of it in the movie? Yes. I'm I'm most of it was in the movie for sure. Um, I don't really remember a lot of songs in that I'm, movie I'm besides listening, listening Sunflower. A lot. I've seen that movie a lot. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, you, you are correct that a lot of it has come. Oh, yeah. What's up, Danger, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm not that, afraid. That, that, um, yeah, this it, this is this is one of the elevates in the in the credits. Um, Familias play. Yeah, a lot. Much maybe all of this. Yeah, is in yeah. The movie. But but like it's it's it, it is it is sort of starting to pick up again because uh you know Into the Spider Verse did really well as an album and so did um so did Black Panther. Got robbed. So it's, Should uh, won the Grammy. Uh, yeah. And the, and the um, Oscar it got robbed. Um, so like it is, it is certainly like I, I I would like to see more of this and more of people, you know, um, doing doing, I don't know, like some sometimes you get really good stuff out of it. I I understand sometimes you get crap out of it, right? But like that's with any album, Bat Dance, the the Batman album, Party Man, um, some classic some classic Prince stuff in there. It also, I mean, it also helps if it's if it's one person doing the whole soundtrack album, like it was with Batman, or like you know, with uh, even though it wasn't just Kendrick doing the um, Black Panther one, it's very much here is Kendrick's vision. The flash, Flashdance. Flash, I, I don't, I don't know what else to add to this except that the, the soundtrack for Flashdance, which most people only know for the song Maniac. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of those albums that's like one of the best selling of all time. Or maybe just I just remember reading that it it's all time charts nineteen fifty eight to twenty eighteen five hundred sixty six. There's there's a couple of albums from the nineties that really bop this Digimon soundtrack. Hell yeah! Um, well, that's a, the, the space. The, 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 those, the, those are all in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that one um, of the space. one of those one of the brothers? I can't think. Of, is that a Saban guy? Saban. I'm Saban. Chuki Levy. I don't know. I don't know what you're, what you're looking for, but uh, yeah, like that one's got bare naked ladies, mighty mighty boss tones, less than Jake, that one's, that all that star by Smash really Mouth. Yes. Um, but then, like there's that, like uh, the Space Jam soundtrack, which is which is killer. Yeah, Shooky Levy. 
Chicky Levy. Yeah, that's, uh, I said that one. Um, yeah, well, I was confirming I you. Yeah, That's fine. I know all these names from Power Rangers. It's fine. Uh, and the Power Rangers soundtrack. Because uh, Saban, Saban did Power Rangers as well. So I, I know Shuki Levy did the music for, for the first couple of seasons of the Power Rangers. Um, but the Power Rangers soundtrack is killer. And all those songs are in the movie, but it's like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Higher Ground, Shampoo Trouble, Devo, Are You Ready, an original song for the for this album, uh, Snap the Power, um, Van Halen, Dreams, Dan Hartman, Free Ride, They Might Be Giants, Sense Around. There's an Alpha 5 song called I, 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 It's great. I love it. It's so good. Um, apparently, Buckethead does a solo on one of the tracks. Uh, yeah, it is a it is a it is a killer soundtrack. I miss I miss killer soundtrack albums. So can we? Uh, whoever has the power to bring back killer soundtrack <laughs> albums, please do that. Uh, let's talk about song meanings. So, first of all, the top comment uh, titled "My Opinion." I would have to say this is one of Motion City Soundtrack's best songs. The Alice in Wonderland movie is going to be so sick. Although I'm still confused on the meaning of this song. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, the next one though is uh, see it as a song about losing a girl. Could be uh, uh, always running out of time. Could be a time with a girl or time to improve one's life. Uh, opening line, I won't tell you how to live your life, so please stay far away from mine. She's telling him what to do and he's like, I don't tell you how to live your life, so don't tell me how. Uh, the chorus, wants take. to know if they can go somewhere either actually or mentally or emotionally, but he feels the faster he goes, the farther she seems to become. So I feel that supports the love thing. And then, uh, there, yeah, so they're sort of opposites. The red and white representing Alice in Wonderland, obviously. <laughs> but I'm not familiar with those stories. Okay. Uh, but in the sense where the song's about a couple, the red could represent warmth and compassion while the white represents cold and lack of emotion. All of her red, all of me white and all of her red. Um, which could have cause him to distance himself from the relationship or cheat on her or just something of that sort, which in turn causes himself to lose himself and his head, metaphorically, I would hope, or literally because off of his head. Damn, that's a good take. <laughs> good job, Squall4229.6. The, the literally part was me. It's very, it's interesting that's a good take. I, I, I wonder uh, if, if Squall4229.6, which I assume is, is Squall's birthday here. Um, nice. Just, just based on... Just based on that, that's you know our our friend Tyler four six nine three. That tag, that's a especially good tag. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I also could be wrong, but um, I mean, what uh, I mean, that's that's probably right though. It seems legit, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting because they weren't familiar with the story. <laughs> like, who's not familiar with Alice in Wonderland, even at the age of thirteen? Uh, but I wonder if not being familiar with the story helps with a reading of the lyrics right where you're like not even not even like tainted by the story when you're when you're reading it um which sort of would be you know our readings of of again for example crooked ways where we're not familiar with the twilight story so any reading that we give would be completely unrelated to the story um yeah the next one as time moves moving on they just want someone to love but looking back at the past even though they might have been a long time ago seems like it was just yesterday and the person running out of time to get the other one back i think the colors are like the white is being empty and the red is vibrant and the person just wants it back this is no matter how no matter if someone lives a different way or isn't what you pictured you would like you love them and you can't change it i like that take too because because it's sort of a a love song is what they said right and they didn't say it's a breakup song they said it's a love song so it's the idea of of always wanting back what you had um whether whether it's what you thought you wanted or not it's definitely a justin theme 
What? Just, you know, it's something appropriate in the canon of the lyrics Justin's written, that, that idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, it feels very sort of like it had to be you in that way, you know? Um, or, uh... Ah, uh, there's another one that I can't think of, but I'll I'll just say not asking you to leave, which is another bonus bonus track off of uh even if it kills me, um but very much like like those kinds of songs where it's like, you know, reminiscing kind of in a way about uh mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. I don't know. Last night, um, you got any other reads on the lyrics there? More than what they did. Again, these are some really good takes. They are some good takes, yeah. 2010 is a good time to get song meanings takes. <laughs> I, I like, I'm, you know, I don't have takes on it. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, like, the, like the lyrical writing, which again, you know, I like everything Justin's written. Um, but, you know, with all of me white and all of her red, I should have stayed, but I lost my head. Uh, but then with all of our rhymes divorcing themselves... Which is him, you know, I guess pointing to it, lampshading. Yeah. What he's doing literally in the lyrics. Um, although white and rhymes, you know, that's there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a slant rhyme at best. Um, yeah, but he does, like, that. that is what he does, though. Yeah, but, like, there's, there's, like, there's slants that work and slants that are, like, uh, is that a, is that even a rhyme? Like, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with not rhyming. There's plenty of times that he just doesn't rhyme. But it's, like, eh, does that count as a rhyme <laughs> or not? Um. Well, I, you know. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, either way, just, just both literally what is happening in the, in the songwriting and then also the, you know, in the narrative of it. How how a yeah, couple was, might was... rhyme, but that then that then that ceases. There was a YouTube video about that that I watched a while ago and then watched again recently, and I can never remember about rhyming. Not about rhyming, about saying in the lyrics what you're then doing in the song. Well, you know, like in, when in tropes that's lampshading. Right, 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 but like, like, um, like in a in a song where you go like, I'm going ha. Like, you know, or like, everything's going to stop. Wait a minute. You know, like, where every, so I, I can't remember the video. Um, I wish I could. Because <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a good video, and I've watched it a couple times. Um, I'll, just, I'll just Google, when oh, the song does what the lyrics say. No, it's, it's, it's uh, word painting. Word, word painting, painting is the top result. Hey, look at that. Nice. Word, word painting and songs. Yeah, he did two of them. There's, uh, one is called Music That Sounds Like Lyrics. The other is 30 More Songs That Use Word Painting. The uh, account is David Bennett Piano. Um, so, like, they're, they're really good. Yeah, the one, one of the, like, you know, goes like this. The fourth, the fifth. And at that time, it's actually the fourth and the fifth. Uh, Despacito is the interesting one where it goes, when he, when he says, Despacito, it actually gets slower because yep. Despacito is Spanish for slower, for slowly. slowly. Um, so like you know the 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 tempo of the song gets slower when he says despacito which means slow um so like that kind of thing um so uh so it's it's interesting you, you know it's you point out that's sort of the same thing it is here you know divorce from the rhymes cuz sort of dropping the rhyme part mm-hmm. so good take interesting take <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to give you praise when you do good things, Jake. <laughs> good take, Jake. 
No, Jake no, with the no, good no, takes. I just feel like I'm being patronized too. <laughs> I just sometimes I feel like you feel like you don't bring enough to this podcast, and I feel like you bring a lot, and I want you to know that. <laughs> Why would I need to bring this up when you bring it? <laughs> Let's talk about covers. Uh, I only found one. Did you find another one besides this this Skylar Rice one? No, I did not. I didn't even find a cool. cover. Uh, okay, cool. There, there's another one on SoundCloud, but I think it's just like a, a person with an acoustic guitar in their bedroom. And uh, if we ever do a person with an acoustic guitar in their bedroom, it's me. So <laughs> this uh, Skylar Rice cover of Always Running Out of Time, uh, I'll play a little bit of it here. Yeah, it's a competent cover. That guy really sounds almost like Justin. It doesn't sound he like really, he, he honestly, sounds, he sounds like, like he sounds like someone who sounds like Justin. He sounds like someone. <laughs> uh, you look like a guy who looks like a guy who looks like Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like this guy's voice. Um I don't think it's particularly like, you know, an interesting cover. It's a perfectly adequate cover. They did well, you know, but uh, as we have said many times on this show, you know, doing well is like, okay, cool. But then why not just listen to the original, you know, (laughs) but uh, they've got a bunch of stuff on their SoundCloud. Skyler, S-K-Y-L-E-R, Rise, R-Y-E-S. There's a slash between it on the, like the header of their soundcloud and their youtube so i'm i'm guessing maybe it's two guys and one is skyler and the other one's rise but uh i don't know they're also apparently on itunes and Bandcamp, so check check them out they're good i'm not saying they're bad they just uh i just don't <laughs> think they did anything particularly interesting on this cover but they did it well yeah yeah <laughs> that's, what's that's, that's what i was noting when you're playing is the you know the instrumentation's good yeah, the instrumentation is good. His voice is, is good. Uh, it's, it's honestly, the its biggest problem is that it sounds too much like <laughs> Justin. Like, like they just sounds, it just sounds too much like the good thing. And it's like, well... This needs to be worse the, for me to enjoy it. Then I'll just listen to the good thing. Well, it's not, not worse, just different, you know? It's it's like, like the Here Comes the Sun cover we talked about. It's like, hey, listen, this is a great cover of a great song, but why would I listen to this when I can just listen to the Beatles? <laughs> you know, like, not that Motion City is the Beatles, but like, uh, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> um, but if the point was to get Motion City fans to check them out, I will definitely uh, talk about checking out Skylar Rise and then never do it because I'm 27 and who's got time to discover new music? Uh <laughs> 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 listen like carly ray was like the last person that i was like and then even her she was she was um she had what's the song uh uh call me maybe when i was in high school so at that point like she's already in the in the in the head i don't think i don't think i've discovered a new act since i was 20 years old so <laughs> gotta, gotta keep those um, horizons broad man yeah whatever <laughs> we'll see there's there's stuff that I like. I mean, Simple Creatures, but that's also Mark Hoppus of Blink-182's side project, so I don't think that counts. 
Well, I'm 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 in other genres. No, that's another. It's it's not it's not a it's a, it's another genre. It's not it's synth pop more than it is pop punk. It's not pop punk. It's just two pop punk guys did a synth pop band. Um, I like synth pop. Actually, that's not true. I discovered Gunship when I was in my twenties. Like I was like twenty five or twenty six when I discovered Gunship. I like Gunship. I love I love uh, um, synth wave and uh, and like outrun aesthetic. So I like synths. Could you tell? Same. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be more synths in music more synths and sax and trumpets well m- modern pop, modern pop is is quite quite full of synths right now there there are a lot more synths not, now not yeah a lot of brass. that's true that's true more brass needs more brass the, the, there's uh at the top of run away with me that sax solo oh, oh. so good so good it's so good <laughs> just so good so good uh carly ray jepson for an hour yeah welcome to the carly ray podcast podcast joining me as always jacob walton how's it going jake call me podcast <laughs> call me podcast <laughs> uh e-podchen. podcast side b that's i don't think that works it's not that bad actually <laughs> it's not it's Most not Motion City Podcast Side B, a podcast about Carly Rae Jepsen from the people who brought you Motion City Podcast. You know what? Once, that, sounds once re- that sounds really good, actually. I, once we're done, I think we should do that. Once we're through Motion City, I think we've, we've decided what our next podcast is. Once we're through with Motion City Soundtrack, it'll be Motion City Podcast Side B. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm writing this down. <laughs> it, it sounds like, good. It genuinely sounds good. The syllables are I good. I don't think. I, I honestly don't think this is a bad idea. I'm. I'm. Le- I legitimately think we're gonna do this. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it looks like in a year and a half when we're done with the Motion City songs, or like two years or whatever. Um, but uh, I think I think this might not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, dude. We still got. Uh, we still got uh, another eighty songs. Yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, that's uh, that's it for this episode of Motion City Podcast. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter to keep tabs on our upcoming Carla Rae Jepsen podcast, uh, that's at Motion City Pod. I I legitimately think we're gonna do this, Jake. Oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> uh, like we were talking about when the show started. Like, what are we gonna do when we're done with all the songs? Like, I ah, will figure out what we want to do at that time. This is it. It's it's Carly Rae. Uh, <laughs> there's no other answer. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kuhan. Jake is at the Boredom Line for now, but he's gonna, I'm sure, change his name to Run Away with Me when we change to that show. Uh, <laughs> it's probably taken, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure it's taken, but we'll we'll find something. I'm sure we'll find a Carly a, a proper Carly Ray Jepsen uh, Twitter handle for you when we get to that point in time. Um, <laughs> uh, the band is at Motion City Music. Uh, you can follow Justin JCPMCS. Uh, Tony's at Tony Thaxton. Also, Bizarre Albums wherever fine podcasts are found. And Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Is the name of the show that he produces, uh, which is Allison Rosen's podcast. Listen to that. Uh, Josh is It's Chudy on Twitter. It's I-T-S-C-H-E-W-D-Y. If you pop into his Twitch... Oh, sorry, it does on Twitter, on, on Twitch. It's also on Twitch. If you pop, in, if you pop into his Twitch, uh, there's like a 90% chance Jake will be there. So... Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, so do that. Check that out. Uh, 
like legitimately jake is is just always hanging out in uh in josh's twitch so um check that out and uh matt matthew s taylor and uh on instagram is where he mostly is and jesse is at jesse mac and claudio who i have not mentioned in a couple episodes even last week when he was the drummer on the song <laughs> is uh, at 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 claudio rivera so it's at claudio rivera uh on twitter and, and Instagram, he has so. been playing with josh on stream yes yeah that makes sense yeah i because i saw that you said the thing is that two-fifths of most of panic stations yep. uh which should have tipped me off that it was claudio <laughs> but also the fact that it's claudio like of anybody who's going to be doing it it's Claudio. Yep. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> uh, Claudio, whose entire Twitter is just Marxist retweets, which is, you know what? Fine with that. That's as long as as long as you're cool with that. As long as you're cool with nothing but Marxist retweets out of Claudio Rivera, give Claudio it's Rivera a follow. Pictures of animals too sometimes. Maybe not. Uh, maybe, but I'm scrolling down right now uh, for the last couple days, and it's all just uh, left wing retweets. Pretty much. Again, nothing wrong with that. If you got no problem with it. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Motor City Podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I won't tell you how to live your life. <laughs> <laughs>